Oh, yeah. Back in the saddle on a Monday. Tyler McComas is out today. I guess that must have been a game-time decision. I'd know he'd mentioned the possibility of taking off on Monday. Didn't know it was for sure happening until an hour ago when Drake Dyken popped his head in the studio and said, Hey, do you got any idea who's jumping on with you during the 2 o'clock hour? As it would turn out, it is none other than the man who DJ'd my wedding over the weekend, grill boy himself, Travis Davidson. Travis, how many mimosas did you put down Saturday night? You know, I actually had uh, zero mimosas. Really? Because, look, it is it is well established uh, that uh, you yourself, uh, um, you know, don't don't drink the uh, the real stuff. When I looked over, I figured it was some type of Welch's situation going on. And I was so dialed in to making sure that your music was played appropriately. It wasn't until literally like the last few bottles were out there. That, and I started to notice a, a couple people were dancing a bit more fluidly um, <laughs> than uh, perhaps they would uh, normally. And I'm like, God, what, what is going on? All of a sudden I look over. I didn't even realize it was real champagne. So zero mimosas for Travis. I was focused on the task at hand, which was making sure the wedding Went off without a hitch. Mm, well done, sir. You did a fine job in the DJ seat. It was excellent, all things considered. No notes, no complaints. Thank you for giving up your time on a Saturday evening to be part of the festivities. Absolutely. Wouldn't have missed it for the world. Well, obviously I got married this weekend. We've been over that. Um, that means I've been kind of out of the loop, out of the, loop the last couple of days with regard to OU football recruiting, and some imminent decisions from the likes of Williams Nwaneri, Jaden Nickens, Grant Bricks, etc. Hit the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Let us know who you want to hear about. And Travis, I'm going to have to lean on you a little bit today because, again, it's been 72 hours probably since I got the chance to check with any sources on the top recruitments down the stretch here for Oklahoma. Now, what I can say up front here is that last I checked with folks on Williams Nwaneri, OU still felt good. Thumbs up. Last I checked with OU sources on Grant Bricks, still felt good. Thumbs up there. think it's kind of the understanding at this point that Jaden Nickens is going to be committing to Oklahoma this weekend. That's where the easy money is. And I guess that's kind of the natural place to start, man. Tyler and I have talked about it. I would love to hear you weigh in. How impressive is it what Emmett Jones has been able to do on the recruiting trail before he has ever coached a game on staff at the University of Oklahoma? I mean, if he can coach half as well as he can recruit, <laughs> then 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 I'm going to stop worrying about the wide receiver position and who might step up in, in that role because, I mean, he's been on a tear, and w- would Nickens make the 10th receiver that will have committed, whether through the transfer portal 2025 and 2024? Wouldn't, yep. wouldn't he be the 10th? That'll be number 10. That's insane. I mean, simply insane because when you look at the size, obviously – of the 2024 class with how many commits we have in that class already like that's that's part of the part of the tough part of the job right is yeah convince them to come here of course it's always tough to convince blue chip guys to come play for you absolutely but to convince like a fourth and a fifth blue chipper to come play that's the hard part is look like there's only there's one football every play you know there's only so much to go around so taking a big class like that 
is impressive. And that's what I'm really looking for, Parker, is what's this 2025 class going to look like? Because you've already got two in the boat. We feel confident about Jaden Nickens, Isaiah Mosey. Of course, we'll, we'll probably, you know, decide sooner rather than later. And I know a lot of people like OU for, for the legacy wide receiver out of Lee Summit North. I mean, at that point, you're at four. I mean, I, I can't imagine that we, we, we say, hey, look, we aren't taking any more. If somebody else wants to come, I imagine Emma Jones will say, come on down. And that's the big question to me because we all expect that Nickens is going to commit to Oklahoma this weekend and that Isaiah Mosey will soon follow as the Sooners' fourth wide receiver of the 2025 class. First off, that's an entirely different angle that we didn't even touch on right there, which is that Emmett Jones is probably going to have a full wide receiver class committed before the calendar turns to 2024 in the 2025 cycle. So he could take a year off if he wanted to, and he won't, no, he'll but he ta- could take a full year off. He'll take a year developing wide receivers as opposed to uh, even having to worry about recruiting. That's the thing. He wants to get all this recruiting out of the way so he can focus simply on development. The question is, Parker, when does the first – at this point, we have to ask it with him. When does the first 2026 wide receiver commit (laughs) to Emmett Jones? Oh, 2027? Booby Feaster, anybody? Hey, come on down. Oh, the recruiting doomer on the text line says, wait, so Tyler takes off, but Parker's there. Yes, folks, this is the day – that it became apparent I am more of a program guy than Tyler McComas. It's actually probably not true. Tyler's kind of the consummate program guy. (laughs) He does everything around here. But at least for a day, I am more of a program guy than Tyler McComas. David from Norman says, but, 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 we will never be able to replace Cale Gundy. Yet nobody really bellyaching about the loss of Cale Gundy, which was a sucky situation all the way around. But even so, the fact that we are – a year plus – no, wait. No, wait. This is the one-year anniversary. Today is the one-year anniversary of Cale Gundy's dismissal, if I'm not mistaken. So – And Cale Gundy obviously meant a lot to the program, you know, was as – as a player, as a coach, everything like that. I'm, I'm not one to minimize at all, and I know that wasn't the intent behind the uh, uh, text message from David there. But, like, I, ne- I don't want to minimize anything Cale did for the University of Oklahoma, anything like that. But it is clear that last year, I mean, we, need, we needed somebody big to replace him, right? I mean, and Emmett Jones has been that dude so far, really looking, to fo- looking forward to see what his uh, you know, development looks like. Because Tyler, I, or <laughs> Parker, see, we're we talking Tyler so much, I just called you Tyler. Parker, with that, it's like, do you think the wide receiver play – lagged last year and so far has been kind of a big question this year because of Kale's departure because what what's the biggest question this year right is everybody talking about well who's going to step up in that other role who's going to step up in that other role well I mean I assume somebody will now that we've got Emmett Jones coaching and that's not shade on the Danny Washington but yeah he wasn't ready for that job well I I don't know LaDamian Washington did all that he could last right. year and he was thrust into a situation that yeah you're right he probably was not ready for but by the same token the wide receiver play was more than adequate a season ago at Oklahoma the big thing for that group was drops and LaDamian Washington could be the best wide receiver coach in the known universe and he's not going to be able to coach drops out of guys that is an individual responsibility that's more of a mental thing than it is a physical thing in fact it's a hundred percent a mental thing and so Guys have to take individual responsibility for not dropping passes. That's not something that LaDamian Washington can coach out of them. Uh, 
So, yeah, the wide receiver play, I, I will say this. Could it have been more spectacular a season ago? Sure. But you had a guy that went for 1,000 yards in Marvin Mims. And to me, that's going to kind of be the litmus test for Emmett Jones this season because he doesn't have Marvin Mims. And he doesn't have the clear number one option that Marvin Mims was. I think a lot of folks expect it to be Jalil Farouk. I think plenty, including myself, are high on somebody like Nick Anderson or Jaden Gibson or Andrell Anthony to take a big step forward and be that guy. But we don't know, we don't know who that's going to be. And so for Emmett Jones, beyond just recruiting, if we're talking about on-field development, that's what folks are going to have to see from his group this year. And it really doesn't matter who it is, right? But somebody's going to have to break out. Oklahoma's going to need a 1,000-yard receiver. And if you don't have a 1,000-yard receiver, you need four or five guys that are in the 600 to 800 range. Yeah, and and I think that's what I look at a little bit right like we're talking about Jaquez Petaway as a dude that could contribute early right yeah well last year I look at the four receivers that showed up two transfers and two freshmen Nick Anderson and Jaden Gibson and J.J. Hester and L.B. Bunkley Shelton yep what concerned me last year was those four players I mean yeah we had some health issues of course uh, that have been well documented but those four receivers what they combined for six catches something like that I want to say it was three. Two for LV and one for Hester. Right. And you've got size. You've got speed. You've got like you've got the things that you need. I didn't mean for that to rhyme, but that was slick. Oh, bars, um, bro. Bars, bars. Bars. So with that, those four, again, freshmen can make an impact at that position. And two transfers that had LVBS and JJ Hester had production as freshmen at Missouri and at Arizona State. Yes. So they show up. And we don't get anything from those four. That's my concern is where was that last year? And that's where I think losing Kale was was really a big issue. Now, Emmett hopefully gets them back on the horse and we see some production out of there because you can't tell me that people are better suited to produce at Arizona State and Missouri than they are at University of Oklahoma. You just can't convince me of that. SEC snob out of Wellston, Oklahoma, on the text line says, Your wife is beautiful, Thune, way out of your league. Congratulations. Thank you, and I agree. Uh, elsewhere on the text line, a listener in the 402 says, Tight end is more of a concern, I believe, than wide receiver. And that is definitely fair. Depth for sure. Yeah, depth-wise, without question. Uh, need intel on the Oklahoma State that – commit that we have offered that comes from a listener in kansas yeah the sooners last week offered four-star safety and oklahoma state cowboy commit land in cleveland and there's there's not a whole lot of nuance there it's michael boganowski insurance that's what it is and land in cleveland has been a guy that has been high on oklahoma for a long 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 time and i will put it to you this way if he had had an offer in August of 2022 as opposed to August of 2023, he would probably have been Oklahoma's first commit of the cycle. That's how high on OU he was. Now, OU never really moved on him despite the fact that he camped and had a lot of love for the staff, connected with Brandon Hall. OU didn't move on him. Oklahoma State and others did. He committed to the Cowboys. I... I think it can best be encapsulated like this. If Oklahoma is in a position where they need to get a safety, 
where they need to have somebody beyond Michael Patterson, McDonald, and Jaden Hardy. It's probably not going to be all that hard to flip Landon Cleveland, but you're not really going to push to flip him until you get word on where Michael Boganowski is headed and if you can stave off Kansas State. Right, and... You know, somebody who's already on uh, social media, you know, celebrating that offer was, of course, one Robert Spears Jennings, who hails from Mansfield. A lot of people, they see the broken arrow and they think, oh, well, you know, uh, you see a lot of high schools and you just assume they grew up there, too. But Robert Spears Jennings spent a lot of time in Mansfield playing high school ball right before he ended up at Broken Arrow. So he was really excited about that offer. Um, I mean, he's a good player. And Parker, it's... It's kind of funny because, as you said, Michael Boganowski insurance, the staff has made clear from this whole cycle that Michael Boganowski is their top player at the safety yep. position. It was, he, he was above Aaron Flowers. He was above Xavier Filsamy. Everything, Michael Boganowski has been who they've wanted, right? Obviously, he's got those ties to Kansas State that are going to be, I mean, hard to overcome, uh, specifically with his dad's ties there. Um, but, I mean – you almost, and not that I do, you almost could see how it would be possible for an OU fan to feel sorry for Oklahoma State. We're leaving him to go to the SEC. We just took Kelly Maxwell. We took Trace Ford. We, we, we've taken athlete after athlete. The stigma's gone. Now we're getting players to commit to, as preferred walk-ons as opposed to taking full football scholarships at Oklahoma State. So we're taking it from them. If we walk in and take what what in some services have is their highest ranked recruit in their 2024 class. Oh man, poor pokes. Poor pokes indeed. Knipplemeyer Chevrolet text line. Uh, a listener in the 918 says, how has Cade McIntyre been doing any buzz? Uh, the buzz from what I've heard is that he's been working some with the second team, which to a certain extent is to be expected because Austin Stogner's your first team guy naturally, but beyond that, there's going to be competition between McIntyre, Jason Llewellyn, Joshua Fanuel, and of course Blake Smith, the Texas A&M transfer, uh, as they compete to be tight end number two behind Stogner. And obviously, I think the uh, the worst case scenario for a lot of Sooner fans right now, given the lack of depth of that position, is you lose Stogner to injury somehow, some way, get worried about what the future of that position might look like in a post-Stogner world. Yeah, and, you know, I, I've talked about uh, Caden McIntyre a decent amount because because of that depth, right? Like, obviously, like you mentioned, you, we need to have somebody at tight end two and really separate themselves. Caden McIntyre is physically ready. He's been physically ready. Yep. I mean, that dude is is a freak. And I know that word is thrown around a bunch. Just in his mentality, if you saw that picture of his dad floating around Twitter, I mean, that guy could play linebacker here. That guy is yoked. They, they, the family owns a gym. They're working out constantly. Uh, if there's a guy who was excited about Schmitty workouts, it was Cade McIntyre. So um, with him, he's excited to work. He was a um, uh, two-sport athlete, well, multiple-sport athlete, including track, basketball, football, and – yeah, I think he's just going to get a lot of reps, Parker, because naturally with Austin Stogner, they're going to put some bubble wrap on him, really. Kind of put him on a pitch count like we saw in the spring, where it's like, hey, we need to get you up to pace, but you've been you've been playing college football a long time. Like, you 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 know what it is. So, let's not get you hurt, you know, in, in camp, mm-hmm. and let's give a guy like Cade McIntyre a ton of reps, and you can't replace reps in the fall, especially considering that I think Cade – We'll get a lot of first-team reps throughout the fall because they'll just sit Stogner. 
There you go. Love for boys from the Cornhusker State, courtesy of Travis Davidson. I personally love to see it. Let's hit a quick break. Come on back, and we'll keep talking OU football and recruiting with all of you. Hit the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line with questions, comments, thoughts, opinions. 405-651-3439. It is locked in on a Monday. Keep it here. It's locked in here on the Ref Sports Radio Network. Home of Sooner fans. Parker Thune, Travis Davidson, and you via the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Let's head there in just a second. Trav, how was the rest of your weekend post-wedding? It was fantastic. Yesterday, uh, got to uh, honor Chef Andrew Black, who uh, won the James Beard Foundation Award for uh, Best Chef of the Southwest. Um, so that was uh, that was a lot of fun and and today uh, I just I just sat around twiddling my thumbs uh, waiting to uh, hop on air with you and then eventually with uh, Big Ted. So obviously scouring the internet for any clues about uh, you know the recruitment of Williams Winery and uh, I got a, I got a theory. What's your theory? Do a present theory. it, please, please. I got a theory. So please, I just so you you have, you've told me that you know nobody knows. The Missouri beat better than Gabe Diarmond. And that is there's not much of a Missouri beat besides correct. Gabe Diarmond. Correct. Um, and, you know, obviously, uh, you know, national uh, recruiting analyst Clint Cosgrove made some eyebrows raise because of his, you know, future cast to Williams Winery to Missouri. Now, the rest of the industry, for the most part, is standing pat uh, on Oklahoma being the decision. But. One Gabe Yarman, who runs PowerMizzou.com, put out a tweet of him teasing a future cast and says, oh, should I do it? And then he never did it <laughs> and never put in a future cast for Missouri or for, for Winery to Missouri. He put in one for Wingo, Ryan Wingo, the wide receiver, the five-star wide receiver to Missouri, which I think is still up in the air between a couple of people, but... He never put one in for Winery. But it's not the fact that he didn't put it in. It's the fact that he teased it. <laughs> because when you do something like that, you are looking for attention, right? You're farming interactions, right? Well, many of the other tweets were, sign up, sign up. We've got a special deal going on. We've got an interview with Jamar Mosey. We've got this, that, and the other. Sign up, sign up. And I think, Parker, the way I took that was if he was confident – and his sources were confident that Missouri was going to be the pick, he would have just entered the future cast. I mean, he clearly is willing to take a risk with Wingo. So he would have just entered the future cast. But if he wasn't, he would tease the future cast because he knows that, you know, make hay when the sun shines, he's only got one more week to to kind of corral and uh, harness all of this hype and turn it into subscriptions. So that tease alone tells me that, Oh, you should feel good about this. Yeah, again, we saw that initial future cast from Clint Cosgrove. We saw one other reporter ride Clint's coattails with that prediction. But the rest of the industry hasn't moved. And Clint Has Cosgrove said multiple times after that in articles and otherwise that he still favored OU after that. He said the pick would be Oklahoma after he already had his future cast in. I think he got up, got caught up in some of the drama around the visit, you know, the canceled visit. What were the reasons behind it? Oh, he's still visiting Oregon. What's going on? Here's the thing. 
people need to separate the canceled Oklahoma visit that was just going to be a visit down with uh, a few of his underclassmen teammates that were going to be here for Sooners Under the Stars. He was going to be leaving anyways before the real bulk of the party at the Palace was happening anyways. So when he left, he had not been to Oregon yet. Parker has said many times on these airwaves that that Oregon visit was a more check-the-box visit. Well, if you're moving something up in your process, and Winery and Mosey are men of their word, they said Oregon would get a visit. They needed to get that visit in. So that was the last thing they needed to do in order to make a decision. That's that's why I think Cosgrove got caught up in that and legitimately said it was OU 60, Missouri 40% in, in his mind. So the only guy that led the charge about Winery Futurecast still said that Oklahoma was the pick. So... Yeah, it's uh, a, a lot of uh, psychology going on there. Man, I need this one to be over. And look, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I have new intel in the last 72 hours on Williams and Winery that I can use to refute some of what's been thrown around about Mizzou and Georgia, too. And that that's, that's the one thing I'm standing with both feet on is, yes, the Missouri stuff is real. Missouri's making a push. Georgia's not going to be the pick. I am quite confident in stating that the guy that promised a case of Olipop to me and Tyler, if Caden Durham doesn't sign with LSU asked right on cue, why does UGA still have so much confidence? And to me, Travis, that just boils down to the fact that you're Georgia, you're the back-to-back national champions. I'm sure to a certain extent, you get to a point where you feel like you can just get everybody. Right. They see five star next to a name and they go, yep, that's ours. Going to be a dog. It's like, wait, what? And also, Hey, uh, Georgia, super confident, huh? Where are them future casts at? Where are the crystal balls at? Where are the predictions? Put like, your money where your mouth is. Like, that's, that's, what, that's what kind of annoys me about all this, right? Because you keep hearing the flavor of the week, right? Or the flavor of the month in this case. It was Tennessee and OU early, right? Then it was OU and Georgia. Now it's OU and Missouri. Well, I mean, I, Clint, shout out Clint, I guess, for, for actually putting his money where his mouth was and, yeah, and, and actually put, and putting in a future cast. But, like, all these people that are, are saying Georgia leads, he's going to be a dog, all this, put your money where your mouth is. Let's see a prediction. Let's see a future cast. Let's see a crystal ball. They have these things for a reason. And, yeah, I again, to your point, I think Georgia just feels that they're untouchable right now. They're like, look, we're coming off two national championships. You know, we, we've got – our class is loaded. Just picked up a five-star the other day, Nathaniel Frazier, right out of Mule Shoe's backyard. Um, and they just think they're getting everybody. I am wildly confident that williams area is not going to be a dog. Colin KC on the text line says, Guys, my fiance wants me to take her back to another game in Norman. I need you guys to help me choose which game we should go to. What are your thoughts, Trav? Well, you clearly uh, did a good job in choosing fiancés uh, if, uh, if she wants you to take her to a game in Norman. Big so, facts. So I kind of I would trust you with the decision of which game to go to. But this, this year, Parker, ooh, slim pickings uh, for, uh, for the really good games, right? I mean, this isn't an SEC schedule you're talking about. This is quite the opposite. Um, I, I would probably pick the TCU game. But unless it's a unless you really hate cold weather, maybe you could move it up a little bit. But yeah, TCU is probably the game that I would pick on this schedule. What say you, Parker? Yeah, that is the one thing that I would say is don't wait. Well, and you say TCU, which is the last game of the year, and I'm about to completely contradict you. 
don't wait till too late in the year to go to a game because I will tell you this much. My wife has been to one OU football game in her life, and it was Bedlam last year, which was perhaps the most miserable OU home game I've ever covered because it was freezing cold. And my wife is in the military, so she is tough, tough as nails. So she was pretty unbothered by it. But being in the cold for three and a half, four hours is generally not very fun. So if you can avoid it, my recommendation would be to do that. If you're looking to go to a home game, I would say shoot for one in late September or October. Perhaps that Iowa State game on September 30th. I believe UCF is, what, October 21st, perhaps? So late September or October, that to me is the ideal time to head to a football game. Just in general, not even an OU football game. In general, it's the best time of the year to catch a ball game. I'll tell you what, though, that Bedlam game last year in the first quarter, man, that, the temperature didn't matter. I don't think anybody was cold in the first quarter as we jumped out to a 28 to nothing lead. I was still cold. Well, hey, like, <laughs> bring an extra pair of gloves, people. Come on, this is football. <laughs> uh, Parker isn't SEC ready. No, I'm definitely not. It. Wait, 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 wait. No, no, no. It's not cold in the <laughs> SEC. It's not well, cold in the we're SEC. We're still going to play games in Norman, and it's still. It's, this, that's where you were complaining okay, about fine. the cold last time. Okay, fine. I, I guess I got to get more SEC ready. There you go. Uh, Gunny of Stutzman Army says, I had a wonderful time at Bedlam last year. It wasn't cold at all. Well, Gunny, you probably had a uh, couple more left-handed cigarettes than I did that day. Gunny's so. pretty tough. He said, Park, you just got to get some meat on them bones. All right, I guess I'm beefing up. You'll have to. Guess uh, I'm dirty bulking before football season. You'll you'll, you'll have to uh, wear your Mister Thune uh, sweat suit that I saw uh, oh, at the reception. Such such an elite touch. Yeah, that was that was Rebecca's call too. I had nothing to do with that. There were two decisions that she made of her own volition. One was the selfie at the altar, brilliant, and two was the uh, the matching sweats. That we changed into halfway through the reception. Nice. Phenomenal stuff all the way around. Gunny of Stutzman Army said, yep, and a few beers too. So he was under the influence during Bedlam last year. 11 a.m. kickoff on Black Friday, a Friday morning game in Norman. TCU is a must this season, says the listener in the 512. Victoria says, Parker, you need electric pocket warmers. You won't notice the cold so much. I had numerous pocket warmers in my pockets that evening. And it was still freezing. I'm just, listen, I, I'm i not built for the cold. I'll acknowledge it. I'll admit it. It might sound weak. I'll come clean about it. I'm not ashamed of it. I'm not a cold weather person. Is to there, me, some of the best news about making the transition to the SEC is that it doesn't come with cold weather road games in October and November to places like Morgantown, West Virginia. Have you Have you maybe consulted your physician on this is there a blood flow issue uh, you're dealing with maybe do you get cold in your extremities uh you know i get cold everywhere okay i get cold everywhere well Just i'm saying you might, might need to figure this out you know I, I might need to get a physical or something make sure that blood flow is what you need it to be <laughs> i'll look into it stay with us here on locked in the ref sports radio network home of sooner fans and hit the knippelmeyer chevrolet text line at 405-651-3439 if you want to chime in Back in a couple minutes with more OU football and recruiting talk. Don't go anywhere. 
It's locked in here on a Monday. The Ref Sports Radio Network, Homa Sooner fans, Parker Thune alongside Travis Davidson. To the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line we go. 405-651-3439. You want to navigate this one, Trav? Which text do you want to hit here? We got a lot of them. Well, we've gotten about six text messages asking why you aren't on your honeymoon. So could you clear up uh, <laughs> clear up those plans for uh, the people? The people, they need to know. Yes, this is just kind of how it happened. But uh, it made the most sense travel-wise for both of us to jet out to Hawaii for a week, the 17th through the 24th of August, as opposed to right after the wedding. So you guys are stuck with me for another week and a half. I'll be gone Thursday the 17th through the end of the following week, at least on air here. What I can say, though, is that there should be some content from the beach. And no, I'm not talking about me and my new wife doing a podcast about lifestyle and gardening. Uh. I'm talking OU football content here. Because I, I do expect there to be some significant happenings while I'm gone that will need covered. Oh, yeah? Sig- well, I mean, let's just... Significant happenings, huh? I, I, there's a kid committing on August 24th that many expect is going to end up in Oklahoma sooner, right? So let's just start there. That's one thing. At least one thing pertinent to the future of OU football will be occurring while I am on the beach in Hawaii. So, I don't know what else comes down, at least right now, but that's something. Yeah, we've got another text on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line from the 405. Saw the post about your deal with iHeart expiring. Any chance you'll get moved to another spot on the FM dial? You know, that is above my pay grade as far as what future plans are. But what I can tell you is the best way to listen to us. And actually, when I'm in Tulsa, I know we're on 1430 AM. I still listen to the app despite having a signal available to me. KREF in the App Store is the best way to listen. It is crystal clear. You can listen anywhere in the globe, perhaps in the galaxy. I'm not particularly sure. Um, But definitely anywhere on the globe and the cool part parker is you can if you miss a show and something happens say you really wanted to listen to locked in you know the day you know that the taylor tatum went public or something like that like you can go back and listen to that and get that real-time reaction uh or if you have a text that's read or if you you know are on a phone call or or something you know you want to you want to save and look back on the app is the way to do that the easiest so again while i can't you know project what future plans are again because that's above my pay grade i can tell you that myself and many members of the ref army tune into the app exclusively there you go by the way porter moser and the ou men's basketball program just hired a new assistant that would be clayton custer who was a member of Moser's Final Four team at Loyola Chicago in 2018 and has only been away for the University of Oklahoma for like four months because he served as, I want to say he was Oklahoma's director of video? Director of video, director of basketball operations, director of something. But one of Moser's right-hand men the last two years for OU basketball, and he left, I want to say, in April to take a job as an assistant at his alma mater, Loyola Chicago, well, here we are in August, and he's turning right back around and heading to Norman as the 
perceived replacement for Emmanuel Dildy. And actually, when when kind of some rumors of this, uh, his name started circulating, I reached out to uh, uh, somebody that, that knows the team really well and simply just asked, would you like that hire? And uh, this person said, I think it would be a really good hire. He is young and has potential as a coach. The returning players like Los and Otega love him, and Custer has been great about having relationships with the players. Also a good recruiter. Him being from Loyola, though, and just getting that job will make it hard for him to come back. Well, now we know. Not as hard as some might think. Elsewhere on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line, from S. Rob Booman, Travis Davidson is the best K- t- best talent KREF has after the longtime host. He needs more airtime and maybe a show of his own. We got to turn this into some crossover content. Thanks, Mom. Cooking with Grill Boy, we already got a name for it. I'm telling you, Cooking with Grill Boy, I still think if you and I ever, you know, do this regularly, Chat GBT is the Bro. name for Grill Boy and Thune. Bro, Chat I'm down GBT. With it. But appreciate the uh, love, S. Rob Booman. I like that name too. Um, but yeah, I, I am, you know, I'm willing to talk sooner football whenever because when I'm not on these airwaves, I'm doing it anyways. So I might as well be doing it uh, in a microphone as opposed to just driving down the road. You know what I mean? So uh, appreciate the kind words. But, yeah, got a lot of love on the text line from or about the app. A lot of people talk about it's the only way they listen. They can listen on the go. They can listen anywhere. Um, you have to be you have to be careful that bumper music will get you though. Really? Oh man! So you open it up and you get that uh, OEC fiber bumper music, and uh, they switched it up to where it's a little bit more uh, um, almost like uh, you know like game time pump up you know uh, um, hype music. And the thing is, you can't close out of it like you can't put it in the background, or else it'll crash the app. Like you have to watch the whole bumper, which is good. That's the whole point of having the bumper advertisement. But yeah, uh, the app is the way to go, and I'm glad the text line recognizes that. From the 918, low and slow with Travis Davidson. Come on, like, can't you see this? Maybe turn it into a YouTube show where you're standing there grilling burgers or steaks or something, just talking football. Steely would hate that. YouTube? Everybody's got to have a YouTube show now. What's up with this? What's the deal with YouTube? Okay, Twitch then. Okay. He'll, he's on Twitch. Yeah, you, you guys can simulcast. Oh, <laughs> now we're talking. Now Steely we're streaming Fortnite, Travis Davidson on the grill. So the older guy is playing video games, and the younger guy is barbecuing. That That's Imagine a that. bizarro world situation. Cole in uh, KC says, that OEC commercial is aggressive. Scared the hell out of me a few times. Bro, it could- you, you listen on the app. I, I do not listen on the app. I listen on the AM side because... I was raised on AM, and AM is just what I have come to know and love. So that's what I'm familiar with. But what is what is the deal with the aggressive OEC commercial? Well, it used to be just real calm, you know, and it was like a, a commercial about, like, you know, kind of the connection on game day, and, and they had their own commercial. Well, then they switched it, and it, it, it started with the real heavy-hitting, uh, you know, music. And uh, I think it's I think it's good. It gets you excited, right? You gotta get you gotta wake up, man. If you're tuning in to listen to some uh, Sooner football talk, you need to be fully alert. And OEC Fiber does that for us. Well, hopefully, all of you are going to be tuned in for the rush coming up at 3 p.m. Teddy Lehman and Grill Boy himself take you the rest of the way 
on this Monday, 3 to 6 p.m., three more hours of OU football talk coming up. But when we get back, we're going to wrap up Locked In with some final recruiting gibberish. Unless you guys have specific questions, in which case we'll be sure to hit them. But as Oklahoma prepares to put a bow on this 2024 recruiting class, those questions are not nearly as plentiful as they were about a month ago. That's a good thing. That's a good thing. 19 commits in the class thus far for Oklahoma. More coming, that's for sure. Keep it here on The Ref, the home of Sooner fans. Wrapping up Locked In, Parker Thune alongside Travis Davidson. Great news via the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line from Cherokee Sooner who says, Last night during Sweat Lodge, a coyote came out of the fire and told me that a great warrior from a city that shares two states will make his home on the plains. We're getting Williams Nguyenary. That's fantastic news. See, this is the content you're here for. That's why we have the text line is to break news like that. Hawaiian Sooner says, hi, guys. Hawaiian Sooner here. Hey, Hawaiian Sooner, I'll see you next week. With 19 commits, how big is this class going to be? Well, let's play this out, Travis. Let's just play this out because it's – I mean, we've talked about how big this class has the potential to get, but within reason, let's project the remainder of Oklahoma's class. We know they have two quarterbacks in Michael Hawkins and Brennan Zerbrook. They have two running backs in Taylor Tatum and Xavier Robinson. My expectation is that they add a third in Andy Bass. So two QBs, three running backs, you're at five so far. The Sooners are only taking one tight end, and that is Devon Mitchell. However, they are taking five wide receivers, all of whom are already committed. So that puts you at 11 at the offensive skill positions. You look at the offensive line, Oklahoma's going to try to take five. They would love to close out this cycle with Grant Bricks and with Daniel Akinkunmi. So let's say, we'll say they get, no, you know what? because I think they're going to get both Bricks and Akinkumi. So no concessions here. We'll say they get five offensive linemen. That is 16 commits on the offensive side of the ball alone, Travis. We know the Sooners will take up to eight defensive linemen. My expectation is that they get six. I bet you they get six defensive linemen total. Two are already committed in Wyatt Gilmore and Jaden Jackson. James Nesta looks like he's going to be the only other linebacker, so that's seven. That puts you at 23 total. And then it just boils down to the secondary, which probably looks like three safeties, three corners, in an ideal world at least. Let's say they get five total secondary players, three safeties, two corners. We'll say it's a it's a split on Eli Bowen and Devin Jordan. Get one, not the other. That's 28. Right. I and have- if you get three corners, that's 29. Yeah, I had Eli Bowen and Devin Jordan both. I know Devin Jordan, you know, being Union High School alum, you know. Yeah, what's the I, scoop? I was, Give I us the hoping. juice. I I think if that Bama offer is committable, then he's Bama bound, personally. But um, he would be a heck of a get, though. That's for sure. Um, yeah, 29. Imagine that. Because I, I think earlier in the year, you know, we were talking and saying, God, I think probably this class ends up around 26, 27. I mean, all the way up to 29. And you never know. You might get another defensive lineman if this if this team plays really really well down the stretch in the season. Never know, 
Never know. At this point, 26 feels small, doesn't it? Like if Oklahoma were to close this recruiting cycle with 26 commits, not happening. they didn't get somebody right, not that happening. they very much wanted to get. Correct. Probably multiple guys yeah. that they really wanted to get. But you don't even have to have Williams, Nwaneri, or David Stone to hit that 28 number. Right. You could get, I mean, with Gilmore and Jackson already in the boat, you could get Nigel Smith, you could get Danny Okoye, and you could get Zeno, Mosalu, and Dominic McKinley, and there's your six. Nigel takes us to 30 on that list. Oh, I was counting Nigel. Oh, I was counting Dominic McKinley. Oh, boy. Okay, you want all seven? You're getting greedy. I guess seven of eight. I'll build different, man. SEC ready. I'll take it, though. SEC ready. You know who else is SEC ready? Always has been. That would be Teddy Lehman, Fort Gibson's finest. He's going to jump in alongside Travis for the rush. Coming up on the other side of the break, three more hours of OU football talk are ahead. Don't go anywhere. This is the Ref Sports Radio Network, the home of Sooner fans.